when my daughter did ask me if Santa was real, I was so like convicted in my heart to just say, no, he's not. Like, I, I can't lie to you because if I'm, if I'm lying to you about this, I am teaching you as a parent that little lies are okay. So when she does realize that Santa is not real later on in life, she's going to feel a little betrayed. Like, oh my gosh, this whole time this mom was, my mom and dad were lying to me. Welcome back to The Donkey and the Bee with your hosts, Brett and Laura Shotkavis, where we talk all things marriage, entrepreneurship, and finances. And you know, the holidays are right around the corner. And Brett and I were talking about certain aspects about Christmas. And we thought this certain aspect about Christmas is an interesting topic to discuss regarding your kids and your family. All right. So what we want to talk about today is lying to your kids. And we thought of this when we're talking about Santa Claus, right? Because we took a different approach with our girls when they were young. And you had this very strong conviction about, hey, our daughter's like two years old. Maybe she was three, but maybe she was even younger. And she asked for the first time, is there Santa? Mm -hmm. And you just couldn't do it. You just couldn't lie to <laughs> our daughter, right? And like, it's such a cultural norm that you were literally lying to your kids. And it's not like you do it one time. It's literally like a whole charade yeah. every Christmas leading up to it, right? Like, hey, I'm going to go sit on Santa's lap or, hey, let's write Santa a letter. These presents came from Santa and these ones came from mommy, right? Like those are all lies. Mm -hmm. And then the stinking elf on the shelf, you have to literally lie every single day. Oh, the elf moved here. Oh, the elf is watching you, mm -hmm. right? Like... Come on, are, are you really that type of parent that you need to leverage the elf to, to discipline your kids while you are repeatedly lying to them every single day of the month? Mm -hmm. Like what kind of lessons are you teaching for your kids? Yeah, I think so. Just to give everyone like a little bit of a backstory, I really, really struggled with this because like Brett said, the cultural norm was to tell your kids that Santa is real. Oh, it's the magic of Christmas, whatever, right? You're taking that from them. Oh, it's just a childhood thing for them to experience. It's it's all in fun. Okay, that's that's one theory. But the other theory that I was taking was it's kind of a two two approach. Was first of all, we believe that Christmas is not about Santa, right? The true meaning of Christmas is the birth of Christ, and so that was the first thing that was super important to me. I wanted them to know that that is what we believe, and I wanted to raise them with that. But secondly, was the whole lying approach. Like, so when I, when my daughter did ask me if Santa was real, I was so like convicted in my heart to just say, no, he's not. Like, I, I can't lie to you because if I'm, if I'm lying to you about this, I am teaching you as a parent that little lies are okay. So when she does realize that Santa is not real later on in life, she's going to feel a little betrayed. Like, oh my gosh, this whole time this mom was, my mom and dad were lying to me. They were creating this whole aura of some being that isn't even real. And he comes down and he's, he's kind of a thief in my house and he's eating all my cookies. Like it's actually kind of creepy when you think about it. Um, I know St. Nick is actually a, the history of him. You should look it up. It's, it's actually a, a good story and a really awesome human being who came and was giving gifts to children. Uh, but besides that fact, so I took that two approach of I wanted her to know about Jesus and I wanted her to know that I'm not lying to her, like sh that I will always tell her the truth. And so based on those two things, I was just like, well, forget it. I can't tell her these things. 
And so, yes, we did get a lot of flack from a lot of people, from neighbors, from friends, from family, from, you know, everybody. Everyone has to give their two cents on it because everybody thinks that we are the worst parents in the world for t- teaching our kids that Santa is not real. <laughs> Which is an interesting thing to actually think about because you're lying to your kids. How is that okay? You don't want your kids to lie to you, so how is it okay if you're for us to lie to them? You know, just because you're an adult doesn't make it okay to lie. So I, the whole thing is just an interesting uh, cultural abnormality, I think. Yeah. So to add on to that, I think those two points there, right? Lying, teaching your kids to lie, or that mom does lie or dad does lie, leads into the kind of this reason of Christmas, right? And I don't want to have any kind of connection with lying and the meaning of Christmas being about Jesus, Right, because the next question is maybe they're 10, 12 years old and they're becoming more mature and asking these questions seriously. You know, what is God? Who is God? Is God real to me? You know, really kind of exploring their own faith. And I don't want it to come back to, well, mom lied about Santa. Like, is she lying about Jesus? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, does mom really believe? She told me she believed in Santa, but obviously she doesn't. Does she really not believe in Jesus? Like, I think there's a hard line for me to say, hey, here is, you know, playfulness, right? That's on one side. Here is what we believe is truth and what we think is important. And and loving Jesus is totally different than, than being silly and playful with Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. What's also interesting is what you brought up earlier with the Elf on the Shelf and the Truth Fairy and everything else, right? Uh, but Elf on the Shelf is interesting because... there's like a big following on social media that if you forget to move your elf on the shelf. So cluing y'all in, if you don't know what elf on the shelf is, it's a little elf that you put somewhere in your house and it's this elf is supposed to look over your kids and um, watch them and see if they're good girls or boys and bad girls or boys. And then it leaves at night, goes back to the North Pole and tells Santa the the two scoops of what happened during the day, if they were good or bad. So then you're supposed to move it every day because the elf is supposed to be going to Santa Claus, you know, giving the intel and then coming back. So if the, if the elf is not moved, that means it didn't leave. And that means it's not real. So a lot of times parents will forget to move their elf on the shelf and they will have to make up more lies about why the elf on the shelf did not move. And so it's, it's an, it's just like an interesting snowball effect of lies uh, but there actually is a whole social media pages on, hey, if you forget to move your elf on the shelf, do this. Write a letter, you know, from your elf saying I got sick and so I had to spend an extra night or something. It's like this whole grand scheme of lies and parents get frazzled. They get stressed out about it. And it it just I feel like it would create just an um, unnecessary stress in your home. Right. So you're talking about these parents that have written these letters, right, explaining away untruthfulness, making up stories. Like what happens if when your kids get older, when they start making up stories to you, right? Oh, I didn't, you know, get the black eye because I got hit with the baseball. No, I was really fighting. But let me just write a story about here's what happened, right? Like what kind of example are you setting Mm -hmm. for your children by allowing them the precedent of making these things up and carrying on the charade day after day, year after year. And then a lot of times the older sibling knows, right? The older sibling knows that you are lying every single day to his younger brother or sister, right? Like what type of precedent is that? I think it's such a bad thing to do. And it's so interesting 
that there is pressure on people who don't do these things. Like they're the bad mm-hmm. ones. You should be lying to your kids because it's all in the Christmas spirit. Mm-hmm. What kind of culture is that? Mm-hmm. But you're, to your point then is you're actually teaching your your older kids to lie to younger kids. So you're actually teaching your kids to lie through that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, don't tell your younger sister or younger brother. Just go along with it, right? It's so interesting when you really sit back and think about these things, how much it's just brain, it's kind of brainwashed over you, right? Like you're thinking that it's okay. And so I challenge the parents listening to this to really just sit back and, and think, why do I do this? Do I really want my children to to learn these things through this act? And just just mill over that for a little bit of time, right? Like, and if you feel a little odd about it, oh wow, yeah, that is. I never thought about it. Maybe it is lying. Oh, yeah, maybe I should change that. Implement it. Do something about it. Dare to be different. I remember my uh, my parents would always say that to me as a kid, dare to be different. And you know what? We are very different in that regard. We stand out. We've gotten a lot of flack, but I stand true to what what we teach our kids and how we're teaching them. And if people have any pushback, I have pushback as well. So I have um, a basis. We have a basis together as um, a husband and wife and as parents. We back each other up and we know that what we're teaching our children is what we want to instill in them. Yeah, absolutely true. So, okay, this is an example of like flat out lying to your kids. But I think there's other things that are also social norms where it's maybe not as blatant of a lie, but it is also socially acceptable not to talk to your kids about certain things. And I think it's just as detrimental to them. So some of the things for me, right? Like when you're growing up, there are some parents who get uncomfortable and just will not talk about money. They will not talk about sex. Mm -hmm. They will not talk about periods or erections or masturbation, right? Like these are things that as a parent, you have to step up and address but again, it's like culturally unacceptable to embrace that that awkwardness. And really, your job as a parent is to teach. And mm-hmm. you need to teach on these subjects. Mm-hmm. If they're not learning it from you, then where are they learning it from? I think is the question you should ask. If you are too embarrassed to teach your kids about these things, they're going to be learning it from their neighbor or their best friends who are also their age, early teenagers probably, or... They'll be learning it from the internet. And so mm-hmm. you as a parent really got to step up to the plate and embrace these awkward. I don't really think they're awkward anymore because we've done it so much. I think the first couple of times we did it, maybe it was a little awkward because you're learning your word track on how you want to approach it based on their age, right? Because you want to say it in a way they're going to understand on, on their age range. So talk with your spouse about it. it hey, I'm having a little hard time on approaching this, how would you do it? I've done that many times with Brett. If there's a situation that maybe I'm talking about sex with my older daughter and I don't really know how to say it in a way that um, that is age appropriate to her, you know, I'll just ask Brett, hey, how would you word this? And then he'll give me an idea. So, and vice versa. So I think making sure that it's, a, you guys are a team in husband and wife. And when you're raising kids, it's, it's a team effort. And so embracing each other in that and getting the other person's advice on that as well. Yeah. The sex talk, I think, is super super important to have, but also the money talk. We talk to our girls, and we show them firsthand. Anytime we close a new deal, we we don't hide it at all. Like, here's the money we're making. Here's how we structure this deal. Here's why this is a win. This is why we are achieving financial freedom. 
And literally we get into the weeds on and showing them the numbers. And I don't think it's something you have to be embarrassed of as a parent, whether you're making a lot or a little. This is something that is super vital for you to teach your kids because who else is literally going to teach them about making money and these things? It is your job and duty as a parent to do these things. Mm -hmm. Same for entrepreneurship. We do this with our girls. I mean, they have their own jewelry business and we own our own businesses as well. But embracing them and having them come along for the ride, how to order, how to market, how to post on social medias, uh, various little things, doing a P&L, right? It's things that kids don't normally learn, but because they're, they have their own uh, business, they're able to learn and experience these things. And so we're able to have, you know, the sex talks with them with periods and guys and everything else. Right. But then we also have the finance talks and we have uh, the entrepreneurship talks and we have the, the talks about God and, and we have a lot of really in-depth conversations with our kids at the most random times. It's never like, oh, we're sitting around the table and it just happens to come up. It can be random. We're out and about at Target and something comes up and I don't ignore it. I, If we're walking around Target, I'm having it right then and there. It doesn't matter where I'm at. We'll just talk. We'll, we'll walk around and, t and discuss, right? And I'll always ask, what do you think about that? Or what are your thoughts? Making sure that they're involved in the conversation. So I wouldn't put it off. I wouldn't, oh, that's for a later time. They're, they're too young right now. I'm not going to talk about it. There's always things you can discuss that's age appropriate, no matter how young or old they are. So for me, my, th my role as a parent and my really approach to this is I want to raise good adults. I'm not really interested in raising good kids. And I think there's a really important distinction there. A good kid is perhaps someone who has good grades. They have the room clean. They're polite to their sister. But that has no relevance to what they're going to become 10, 20 years from now. My objective is to have them become great adults. And I think that really means that they are able to make some of their own decisions and make failures in that learning process. And then from there, have the parent to be able to have these conversations that we're talking about now to guide them and give them like, here's real life. Hey, you went and did that. Okay, cool. What are your results now? Do you like that? Do you want to continue down that path? Or if you want to change it, how would it go? And I think that's really important for us and really the theory behind everything we're talking about today, why we chose not to tell them at three years old that there's Santa, right? Because I'm raising a great adult. I don't, I'm not raising a liar, mm -hmm. right? The same with here's our money conversation or the sex conversation. We're having these things now because I want you to make good choices as an adult. And I'm less concerned about you messing up now. This is your time to mess up. This is all rough draft. This is, you're on the practice field, right? Like you don't have a wife and kids and job yet, right? Once you have that and you're in the big game, I want you to hit it out of the park. But now I'm okay with you learning and me coming alongside you and getting into these lessons. Well, thank you for joining us today. I hope you tell your kids Jesus is real, Santa's fake, and your mom and dad are not liars and they do love you. So come back. We'll see you next time. Like and subscribe and have an awesome Christmas. Merry Christmas.